Hey there, we'll be drinking bronies. Hey, bronistas. You guys, uh, thank you so much for listening to this Twin Peaks re- recap. But we, if you could just take a minute before this episode begins to look up There Will Be Drinking and subscribe to that podcast yeah, there. There Will Be Drinking, our amazing mothership podcast. Yeah. Where we take on pop culture stuff like Star Wars or Marvel shows or whatever the Oscars is thinking about. And things get really weird there. Yeah. And we always make a specialty cocktail every week. And you can drink and play games along with us. Yes. So uh, subscribe wherever you're listening currently. There will be drinking. And we love you. And we love you lots. Laura's dead. Ah! Diane, I am holding in my hand a small box of chocolate buns. Hello out there, friends. Friends. We are your friends. I am Kate. You're the one doing the intro. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Let me start over. No, I got this. Don't don't turn me off. I can do it. Ready? Do it. Hello hello and welcome to (laughs) There Will Be Drink. Wait, I want to do it again. Wait. Okay. You can do it. Take two. Hello and welcome to There Will Be Drinking Recaps Twin Twin Peaks. Peaks. Episode 15, Season 2, Slaves and Masters. Ooh. We are your That's my favorite sex game. Slaves and Masters? Yeah. Mm, okay. <laughs> Just kidding. I, it's a little racist. <laughs> mostly, mostly racist. <laughs> kind of... I mean, people play it. It's whatever you want to do consensually as long as you're not um, disenfranchising anyone with your sex play. No, nope, it bothers me all around. <laughs> it just was in the title. I had to go for it. Slaves and masters. Oh, wait. This is super inappropriate, too, because of what happens later on in this episode yeah. with the Confederacy. Yes. All right, guys. What I'm Murda. Oh, my God. I'm Kate. <laughs> This was a hot mess of an intro, but I like it. I also like it more than I like this episode. I know. This episode was a hard watch. Um, I'm, I am still super excited for the reboot, but this episode was uh, difficult. And not no sexy, weird play. Mm, there Little, was some. But it wasn't as sexy but as But I had usual. to make it up. Yeah. <laughs> I had to really <laughs> make it to make it up. Um, what are you what are you drinking over there, Meredith? Oh, you know. As I do. What as you do, what is it? I drink I'll drink up some Laura Palmer. I, you know, actually when she was left drink on the drink <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you guys should listen to our mothership podcast this week. Because if you really like good. sexy times here, you will love, love sexy times sexy time there this podcast. week. And Daniel Day Lewis shows and up. And Daniel Day Lewis makes shows up exactly. But don't give too much away. As did you know that Laura Palmer, like when she washed up on the shore of Twin in the Twin Peaks Lake, that you know if you sliced her open, she was just this cocktail inside. Whoa! This literal cocktail. Are you telling me that the corpse of that eighteen-year-old girl was full of tea-infused bourbon and lemon juice? <laughs> That's exactly what I'm telling you. Wow. 
That's true. Oh, wow. <laughs> she was a decanter at the party earlier. At a party earlier. Oh, that's it. That's also a sex thing. That's I know. Awful. I'm trying to. I'm trying to bring it. Bring, Meredith, you bring are the not, sex. You are not bringing any valid sex stuff. You are bringing terrible <laughs> sex stuff. You were bringing some like painful. Anyway. Yeah. I'm bringing it all. Well, speaking of pain. Meredith, what happened in this episode? Oh, we're just going to cut to the motherfucking chase, aren't you? You're not even going to, not even any foreplay. That's okay, sex stuff. I mean, <laughs> do you think that this episode allowed us to have any foreplay? Um, I think, you know, maybe. <laughs> no. I mean, Agent Rosencrantz and Guildenstern came. You made it. We love you, Miguel Ferreira. Yeah. You were here. Yeah. You were in this episode. Yeah. And you were the best part of this episode. True story. True <laughs> story. There was some good stuff. We'll there, get to the good stuff. All right. I will happily start recapping this show for you. Please, are you, please. Are you ready? Are you ready for I'm that? I'm ready. I'm fucking ready. Are you ready? All right. Dun, 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 well, dun, 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 can I just tell you that the first thing that we get a shot of, I mean, well, it's like weird indescript, indescribable images. Like, I don't know what's happening there. But then we get a panning shot of Evelyn Marsh, and she knows how to rock some black. Yeah. I'm into her outfit. Yeah. She's wearing all black. Mm-hmm. She's the stockings and shoe situation. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'm into it. I would wear it out. I would wear it. I would wear it to a funeral. You're cool. I, I do like stockings that have like f- uh, floral stuff on them. Yeah, I'm into it. It's cool. You pattern, look great, Evelyn. Pattern stockings. It's uh, fine. So anyway, she's at the she's at the Marsh Mansion. I'm gonna call it that. Mm-hmm. What Marsh Sex Mansion? Marshmallow Mansion. Marshmallow Sex Mansion. Yeah. Uh, dressed in dressed in black, sitting on the stairs, and uh, I guess a local deputy's in questioning Malcolm and Evelyn about James in particular and his connection to uh, Jeffrey Marsh's death. And then she lets him know that his, what his name, he gives, she gives him the whole kitten caboodle. He's from Twin Peaks. His name is James Hurley and blah, 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 blah. That's where you can find him. He's probably the guy who killed him. Blah, 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 blah. And then uh, the deputy leaves. They're like, we're going to go start looking for him. No problem. And uh, then Malcolm and Evelyn are there left alone together and they have like a weird exchange and Malcolm's like, I can't handle a nervous conspirator right now. And he kind of like wraps his neck, like, uh, hands around her neck and it's just like fucking Evelyn, man. Like get out. Yeah. Get out girl. This show's What's full wrong of- with women in this show? This show's full of women. Uh, who unless are- you're Audrey. And Lucy. Lucy knows how to stand up for herself. This okay. is true. So mm-hmm. Lucy, Audrey, who else? Can we name any other women that can stand up for themselves? In this Catherine show? Martell. Yeah. Okay. Good one. That's, I think that's it. Everybody <laughs> else gets taken advantage of and by men and or assaulted. By men, particularly. Yeah. I mean, Donna, not really. She's, she's not really taken advantage of too much. She's Carmen. more just. A I can't sucker. think of an instance, but I still think like she's just more of a sucker. Like yeah, fine. <laughs> she's just a hopeless romantic. Anyway, so she starts walking away, and she just wants the whole thing to be over. 
and whatever. That's the end of this scene. Who cares? But cut to Hideout Wally's, my favorite bar name thing. And, uh, oh, yeah, Diane Keaton directs this episode, which is weird. I also was like, what is that? Well, I think, like, I can see her aesthetic in this, though, actually. Like, okay. As far as, like, um, like the as a director? Sh- yeah, like, the shots. Like the, so it was particularly in this scene in Hideout Wally's, there's a whole bunch of cops sitting at the bar looking at looking off with cigars in their mouth off in one direction, almost like a painting. And then as they're stand as they're sitting there, we had Donna and James like trope like trot like stomping right into the bar. And they're trying to avoid the cops. Yes, yet there's cops everywhere in the bar. And then there's a creepy server in this scene too, which is like kind of the best part. And he keeps like kind of like, like creepily as Donna and James are trying to figure out what to do and how to get away from the cops. He keeps creepily coming up and being like, are you sure you don't want anything? Like right behind Donna's back and everything. I was like, I'm into this. Yeah, but sometimes people come into your bar, like just use your bathroom. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, you just want to creep them out so they get, get the fuck out? <laughs> yeah, you're Ooh, like, good strategy. Listen, bathrooms are for customers only. If you're not going to get anything to drink, you got to get out of here. <gasps> yeah, they did say they didn't want anything. I mean, they made a phone call. <laughs> Does the bar keep phone call coins? I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, anyway. Yes. No, I don't know. <clears throat> anyway, uh, so... Donna decides that she wants to ask Big Ed for help and, and wants to call him and, and get advice from him. But James wants to talk to Evelyn. He's convinced that he can convince her to tell the cops exactly what happened and that James was actually set up for the murder of Jeffrey Marsh and that he had nothing actually to do with it. He really believes that that he would she would sympathize with him. But Donna's like, I'm just calling James... I'm just calling it Big Ed. She gets on the phone. Uh, and then, like, the the deputy who was also interviewing Evelyn and Malcolm walks into the bar. Uh, the deputy that was also interviewing uh, Evelyn and Malcolm walks into the bar right next to Donna while he she's on the phone with Ed, starts pretending like she's having a different conversation. And then... Just to end the scene, which I have to mention because it was weird, he walks up to the bar where all the cops are, and they all at the same time turn their heads, look at him, and say, Hi, Frank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like they're like a kind of like they're puppets on a string, like all in the same, like, like the, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like those marionettes that are like in a row, and you just turn and they all, I don't know. And I, I think that this moment would work if it was directed by um what's his name david lynch yes yeah i mean if it I there was it more land if there's more substance in this scene then yeah but there's nothing to it there literally is nothing going weird, on yeah. um it's like it's cool shots and a cool aesthetic but with nothing happening mm-hmm. i've already talked i've talked five minutes about it though so i, I must have found something you to must talk have about liked it. <laughs> but <laughs> Back at the police station with uh-huh. our dream team, Cooper and Truman, they're interviewing the wettest Shelly, Shelly I've seen in a long time, who's in a sling right. from being beat up by Leo. Right. Uh, so Shelly and Bobby are both there being questioned. And and to, much to my surprise, I guess up until this moment, uh, we didn't know that Bobby and Shelly were seeing each other. No, like nobody in town knew. That's crazy to me. 
Yeah. That's literally insane. Uh, anyway, so Bobby, they're saying, like, why are, were you at Shelly's house last night? And um, and he says that they've been – he admits that they've been together for a long time, that they've been seeing together – they've been dating each other well before even Laura was dead. Um, and then Cooper asked where Bobby – specifically asked where Bobby was the night of the mill because he was kind of insinuating maybe Bobby – was the one who tried to kill Leo that night and and um, not Hank. And Bobby's like, no, it was Hank. I saw him. No big yeah, – just shut up. That's what happened. Yeah, how are we just finding out about this information? Mind-blowing. Like, we're not – the audience has known about this for many, no, many episodes. It's mind-blowing that we're going to live in a world where we don't think that we knew that they were together. <sighs> That's seriously insane to me. Yeah. Agreed. But whatever. Um, so, uh, anyway, but, so, uh, Truman decides that they're going to give Shelly 24 hours a day protection, uh, also to try and keep a, see if Leo comes to the house, cause that would be a good opportunity to get him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, of course, Bobby's being a true dick in the scene as usual. He's just like, no big deal. I can take care of Shelly. Like, wow, I feel so much safer now that the cops are going to be there. I'm like. Yeah, you should, you dick. Shut up. Like, yeah, I mean, you're you haven't saved her from anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, yeah, who, oh, whatever. Yeah, well. You anyway, know, this has got to be a load off of Shelly's shoulders because now she doesn't have to take care of Leo. She has people watching her. She can go back to work and like live her normal life mostly. So that's that's true. The she best did part get of this of whole Leo. thing, like, yeah. she got rid of Leo. Exactly. She not only like if he comes back, he will be put in jail, right? And if he doesn't come back, then he doesn't come back and she lives a normal life. True. So, like, good for Shelly. Her being attacked by Leo was the best thing that ever happened to her. Yep. Um, so, they, Shelly and Bobby leave the conference room. But who walks in, as I've already spoiled up at the top of this episode, none other than Agent Albert Rosenfeld, Agent Kranz, uh, Rosencrantz Guildenstern. We love you. Best part of this show, always. And... The best part of also this episode is that when they come, when he comes in, they are all so happy. I just love the 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 total one eighty on this relationship. They all love each other dearly. It's yeah. wonderful. There's no tension. They no they the the bear hug. I mean, I think Truman almost leapt into Agent <laughs> Rosenfeld's arms when mm-hmm. he saw him. It was mm-hmm. so so beautiful. And he said uh, the way I and I love the way he talks. He says specifically that his invite back to Twin Peaks was Wyndham Earl. I love that. That's like yeah. I just you you're wonderful. And apparently the reason why is that Earl, uh, what Earl had been doing, you know, besides doing all the other weird shady stuff like sending the chess moves to Cooper and then the vagrant that's dead and the off in the office, mm-hmm. uh, all that shit. Uh, he's also been sending uh, gift wrap packages to major law enforcement agencies and police departments in a C shape on the map, pretty much like uh, you know in the south, like South Midwest area, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Arkansas, Texas, Louisiana, you know that kind of mm-hmm. that kind of Missouri, that kind of business, and. Um, basically, in each package, they look like they look like mail bo- uh, mail bombs. But in each package, instead, they were they were totally harmless. But they inc- included one article of clothing, right? Uh, 
and in each package there was there per, per per package there was a white veil, a garter, a pair of white slippers, a pearl necklace, and a wedding dress, which were all belonged to Carolyn's Windermere's girl wife and and Cooper's lover or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever that love triangle situation is. Mm-hmm. And then also Agent Rosenfeld reveals that the vagrant died from a knife wound to the aorta and then we knew Wind- that. Wyndham Earl ha- well Wyndham Earl just kept him around a while to like be able to set him up right properly he kept him for like two days or something. Yeah, to set yeah. him up properly, like to stage him properly in the um in Truman's office with like the chest set pit like set and shit. So mm-hmm. whatever. Like that's cool. Like Wyndham World knows about bodies and shit. Like he yep. knows how he knows how to like like leave some hint, some clues. Like yep. did you think that Wyndham World didn't know about clues? I knew. I mean, I figured <laughs> Will Wyndham Earl was the fucking Will Will Schultz of clues. Will Shorts. <laughs> yeah. Will, Will Shorts. You got it. Right. The, the New York Times puzzle yeah. guy. Yeah. That's what's Wyndham Earl to clues. <laughs> He's the Will Shorts to crossword puzzle. Yeah. Yo, you're right. Um. Uh, but he also says that, like, th- he's sending these clues all over the country, but likely uh, it's only Cooper. These are all for Cooper. That's, yeah, Cooper's that's like all, his catalyst. That's all, that's all they're here for. Which, uh, fine. I mean, no, if you're a sociopath. You, no, you got to finish that sentence. Yeah. You tell me what's up. If you're an incredibly intelligent, somewhat emotionally detached sociopath, going after your, your dead wife's lover, like, I don't know. It's kind of like, did you ever really care about her in the first place? I mean, maybe it's a pride thing. Maybe he's going after Cooper because he's like, or maybe it's just a motivation to kill. I don't know. But like the idea that, that this Well, wasn't super, she testifying com- against Wyndham Earl? No, I think she was testifying against someone else. Oh, okay. And they were protecting her. I don't remember exactly now. I- I'm just saying like I, the, setting up a really um, emotionally juvenile – motivation for someone who is um beyond human empathy and compassion based on the neurology of a sociopath it's just silly <laughs> it's just a silly it's bad writing it's bad writing well yeah i mean we didn't need yeah there's lots of i mean like i already said there's a lot of characters that have been added in this second half of the second season that, that were we don't care totally about. unnecessary <laughs> including Wyndham merle i'm going to make fun of them yeah uh so uh anyway uh this scene is about to be wrapped up i'm about to move on to the next one but i just cool. need to mention real quick please that agent rosenfeld he's uh getting ready to leave the office and he says to cooper uh that it was a very lovely compliment, and it's just the sexual tension between these three. This, 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 this triad, this beautiful love triangle. Three way, three way, Truman, way, Cooper, and Rosenfeld. Way. Oh God, yeah, I, love I can it. only hope that that happens. Yeah. Oh, like deep I down hope. inside, I want. Even we're never gonna way. see it, but I really. But hope. there's a fan fiction we're gonna read about it. That I might write if it doesn't already exist. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> anyway, so he tells him a very nice compliment about a compliment about compliment to Cooper because now Cooper hasn't been in his black suit uh, for a couple episodes now, He's and flannel. Like he a says boss. for anyone else, 
this choice would be fashion suicide. A nice, beautiful black suit you're replacing with this flannel. He goes, but for you, it works. It, you're, it works. You're a hottie It works for you. It's like, thanks. The sexiness. Mm. Ooh. Ooh, the Mama eyes Jack. that they make ooh, at each other. Ooh, he even like, ooh, like ooh. caresses his collar. Why like, don't you, uh, yeah, why don't, Cooper, why don't you go uh, chop some wood for me? Uh, which, uh, do you, do you, where do you want to stand while I do it? Well, I'm talking about the wood in my pants. Oh. So why don't you tell me where you want me to stand? Oh. Do you want me to woodpeck your wood? Your, your, your the woodpeck the wood in my pants, you dirty <laughs> lumberjack. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Do you want me to make a home in your pants for the winter? Yeah, you should <laughs> you should shove it shove in some um sawdust and like hair and to make a nest. I'm going to I'm going to put your nuts in my mouth for the winter. That's Squirrels, wrong, wrong Still animal. Still winter, doesn't matter. Winter, <laughs> I'm gonna sleep like a bear while I wait for to be hungry of you. Oh, are you really hairy? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most awkward flirtation <laughs> that could ever happen in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> Is it? I think it's probably standard. That's how people in Portland hit on each other. (laughs) I think so. Okay. Anyway, well, off to the creepy lodge, white lodge, black lodge, Uh, whatever, where Wyndham Merle is staged, right? uh, Is uh, housed, and he's wearing some really gross long johns. Like, oh yeah. The first time we met him, he was normal dressed, and now he's just wearing fucking long johns that he hasn't washed in um, three months. He's a character caricature of a person yeah again bad writing real gross real gross anyway so he's playing a fucking bamboo flute and is like trying to seems to be trying to kind of wake up leo johnson and then he does and he proceeds to tell leo that he's been uh reading up on his street cred while he's been taking a little napsies. I noticed you were in the crypts as a child. <laughs> I I noticed that you have a variety you, of different offenses against you. You were actually born uh, you were born in uh, South Los Angeles. I've noticed that you have a distant relation to Al Capone. <laughs> I've noticed that you keep making frequent Hoboken. phone calls to the Russian intelligence. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> Seems suspicious. I mean, yeah, we're not going to look into it any further. No, do any we don't need to do any kind of investigation. I just wanted to make note of it, put it in a dossier, <laughs> throw it in front of, I don't know, a body of government, and then just pass on it. Maybe hit you with my wood flute. Or my bamboo flute. Oh, let me first, first though, before I do any of that. <laughs> so Wyndham Earl tells him like, oh, you were a drug trafficker, blah, blah, whatever. You know, the things, things we does. know already. Things we know. Um, and he, Leo kind of walks, uh, stands up and kind of like seems like he's kind of saunter off away from Wyndham Earl. Uh, but that, you know, Wyndham Earl's not taking any of that shit and fucking hits him on the leg. With his with his bamboo flute and is like, you're going to do what I fucking say now. There's no bamboo in the state of Washington. Well, he brought it there. I don't know. Uh, also, okay. bamboo grows anywhere, really. That's true. It is a very hard plant. It's like a weed. Plant. You're right. It's a weed. It is a weed. Uh, so he knocks him down, starts like um, uh, 
knocks him down, like tells him that you're going to obey and do what I say. I helped you heal. Like you're, I'm in charge of you now, motherfucker. And he puts a fucking shock collar on him and starts meowing like a cat. He's a full cat now. Leo Johnson, the cat. Meow. I'm going to, ooh, if I ever have a cat, not going to have a cat allergic, but if I ever have a cat, Leo Johnson, I'm going to name it Leo Johnson. That would be a hilarious name for a cat. Anyway, yeah. And then Windermere, to wrap up the scenes, like, come here, girl, girl, Leo, and then, like, starts meowing at him while he's feeding him and, like, shocking him and just, you know, being, you know, overall creepy. Nonsensical. Creepy. Like, he's not even being creepy as much as he's just being, like, just, like, why? Um, yeah, I'm unclear what huh? his motivation with Leo is what? other than just, like, huh? having him do things for him. Like, you know? Yeah, it's... Which, he's a wanted man in Twin Peaks. Like, what is he gonna do for you? Yeah, I don't know. When you're a wanted man, Windermere, you need to get, like, actual people who are not wanted to help I, you. I don't... Whatever. Fine. Uh, but we get a lovely scene. Next scene. Norma and This Ed. fucking scene. Norma and Ed. What? Just laying together, reflecting on their past and all the holidays and gifts and memories that they didn't get to share together because they have horrible husbands and wives Three that they have to be with together. minutes of dialogue I could have lived without yeah. my whole life. Well, they all just, they decide that. It's all about the future now. Baby. It's all about. Mm-hmm. We're gonna spend every moment together. Yep, yep, and yep. like Norma, even's like, you're gonna pick me up from work. Like, God damn it! Like the world I'm is gonna know about our love now. Every moment together, I love <laughs> you so much. And uh, just as they kind of decide this, Nadine walks in, and and actually Ed's like, no, we're gonna talk to her about it. Let's, let's talk, talk about her now. Let's deal with this. It's so fine. Nadine walks in, uh, walks into the house, then walks into the bedroom, takes the door, clean off the handle. Just rips the hand, the door right off, like pirate lady would. Yeah, I fucking mean, beast. Are we? We no. I didn't flinch when that happened. I was like, oh, I yeah, didn't sure, flinch of course. Either, except for I'm like, why didn't it happen sooner? Because, be, because so her strength is increasing with time. I, uh, you're right. You're right. She Thank is, you. She's I getting, am right. She's getting beast mode. <laughs> okay, keep going because there's one really mode, awesome thing that happens in this scene. From New, is beast mode from Jersey Shore? I don't know. Or like, should we Google the like etymology road, of beast mode? Or like Jersey Shore, or or uh, not Jersey Shore. Or like, um, I feel like it's an MTV. Uh, there's an MTV thing history. Um, I can figure this out. I have to get the research team okay, out. Okay, it's so really important. Keep, I'm I, gonna, I'm going to keep. I'm gonna keep recapping. Don't you worry. I need you to keep recapping. But I've got this. pirate lady. Beast modes walks in and says to uh, just starts and imme- gets into bed with them and immediately starts telling them that uh, that she got she you know about her wrestling match apparently she uh, made it to the district finals but was disqualified because she did an airplane slam and apparently that's an illegal move uh, but then Nadine. Um, uh, and then Nadine also looks over to Norma, like it's like totally normal that they're laying there together and like half naked. And uh, Nadine looks to Norma and apologizes for beating up Hank uh, because she was afraid that Hank was really going to hurt her Eddie. But then she's like, also, don't worry. I know that you two love each other and it's fine. I love Mike and that's that's fine. I'm OK with you guys being together now. The end. Mm-hmm. I was like. 
That's that's nice and tidy. Um. Also, did you notice that Nadine talks about um getting why she gets second place? Because she did an airplane slam, which is illegal. Which yeah, we totally called earlier. Oh yeah, earlier we were like that is illegal wrestling. Move. Yeah, the previous episode we did. Yeah, we, um, or was it, or it was two like episodes two episodes ago? Yeah. But we like we knew ahead yep. of time. That's um, true. So I have an answer. Back from uh, the research team. Yes. Beast mode uh, originates from a couple places. The first one being Beast Wars, which was a Transformers TV show. Oh. And then a PS1 game called Bloody Roar, which was kind of like a Street Fighter game where you could go into beast mode to do like a special attack. And then finally, the running back Marshawn Lynch referred to himself as going into beast mode in order to be a running back. So that's like the, that's how that beast mode occurred. I swear I saw it from a reality show. Maybe like Chad from Bachelorette or something. Maybe. But I feel like um, Twin Peaks was around before any of these things, before even Transformers. So I think, or maybe they're around the same time, but but I think that Nadine, I think Pirate Lady's beast mode is the original beast mode. She's the OJ. You're the OG. OG beast mode. We're going to give it to you. You're the best who knew we would learn things oh i know who knew who knew who who called that i don't even know um uh from here we head over to the packard packard mill situation uh joe and josie's at the house by them by herself but but i mean without the martells uh, so Joe, yeah, so she's being questioned about Jonathan's death because the Seattle Police Department know that she was connected to him. Yeah, and she kind of, you know, of course, is like being weird and shady and doesn't want to say anything, and also, le- and then she kind of uh, to deflect the situation, leans over and grabs Truman's hand and is all like moody and whatever. Help me. Uh, but Cooper walks away, leaves him alone for a second, uh, goes to the kitchen, grabs himself a damn good cup of coffee. And as he's doing that, Pete walks in with a huge pile of dry cleaning, mm-hmm. um, and, which he, which is very nice of Pete. You offer, He offered to pick it up for Josie since Catherine had been running her into the ground. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, so he drops the dry cleaning down. He... Then the phone starts ringing. He picks up the phone. It's for Josie. But while he, while kind of like Cooper's left alone near the dry cleaning, he starts pulling off some fibers or some hairs off of the dry cleaning, I guess, to get a sample. Yeah, off. I don't know what what led him to the impetus of wanting. Well, to Well, I mean, that, they're investigating the Josie. Yeah, Catherine's I so. shady. I mean, regardless, like, right. you know, See what's up on there. Right. Like, right. Just look. Why not? Right. Mm-hmm. No harm. Uh, so he starts doing that anyway. So, um, the phone though, Pete answers the phone. It ends up being for Josie. Josie gets the phone and it turns out to be Thomas Eckert, uh, who Catherine is also listening in on the call in the other room. Just Mm -hmm. like, just straight up checking it out. Um, so then we get, of course, we go straight to Thomas Eckert at the Great Northern Hotel mm-hmm. uh, and admits to that lady who's speaking Afrikaans, because I have the the Afrikaans, oh. uh, to him, which is unusual. Um, and I only noticed this because I am uh, had the subtitles on that it was told to me that he was she was speaking Afrikaans. Um, is that how you say that word? Afri- Afrikaans. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, it's what they speak in um, uh, South Africa. Yes. For the most part. It's yeah. like a combination of a bunch of um, indigenous languages right. and uh, I believe Dutch. You know, like, you know, there's like certain words you read, you've read a thousand million times. But you can't say out loud. But you've never necessarily always, I, I can't think of when I've heard that word. I feel that way about, out loud. about Worcester sauce. Do you think if I went to a restaurant and, and wanted it and I looked at the waiter and I went, can I have the Worcestershire sauce? Yeah, they, they would totally understand. Totally understand. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah. I also, you know, like uh, Worcester. Worcester. Uh, Boston, Boston, you know, the outside or like of Boston. How all it's spelled Irish Worcester. People, or like how all Irish people spell their names. Like their name will be Sinead, but it'll have like a T and an H and an L and a G. <laughs> and you're like, why? Because <laughs> their name is like Sinead. <laughs> so there's like a bunch of different <laughs> noises. Say that again. Say it again. <laughs> oh, guys, out in the Irish things. Oh. oh, you're beautiful. Oh. Thank you for lighting up the scene. You're uh, welcome. Anyway, okay, so whatever. That's Thomas Eckert. He has also pink eye, I think, in this scene. I don't know if that's I think an, so too. I don't know if that's a character. I don't know if that's a character thing or if that's just an actor having a shitty day, but that's what was going down. Oh, yeah. Um uh, also at the Great Northern Hotel, we still have Ben Horn being a Confederate racist in the hotel. Slaves Nothing and new. masters. Slaves and Slaves masters. Slaves and masters. Uh, but now he has the whole hotel involved in this reenactment. Yeah. He, the mean, whole, get your employees involved in yeah, insanity. All, all the bellhops, concierge, receptionists, they're all there. They're in a it's drum crazy. line now. It's no crazy. Pr- no big deal. Could you imagine working somewhere where you're per- where the person you're working for suddenly becomes a misogynist racist and like mm. asks you to do things that are maybe outside of like constitutional control? Well, and you know, I mean, I can imagine working for a misogynist racist because he probably already was that, but I couldn't imagine having to act it out in my job, in my actual job. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying I'm building world order that exists. It's weird. Are you filling the parallels here that I'm feeding? No. Oh, you mean oh, I'm talking about DJ Trump. Yeah, I'm talking about working in the White House. DJ working Prez, in the White House. Prez DJ Trump. Very similar to working at the Great Northern Hotel. Yeah, probably. This point in time. You're right. I'm sorry if you work at the White House. Uh, but also, like you, if you do work at the light White House, you're doing a great job on leaking the shitty things that are happening Thank there. You so for actually, all those leaks. I'm actually oh okay God. with everyone. That's working Thank at the White you. House. That's I, not Steve Bannon we and had a Donald leaky Trump. Sink and, earlier today, yeah. and part of me was like, "No, nah, let it keep going." <laughs> that would have been no, it would made me sad. Anyway, um, what was I saying? Oh, so so yeah, so the whole yeah the whole fucking hotel. Even Bobby comes in later in this scene. I mean, I, that's not worth mentioning earlier because he just. Comes in later in the, later because he's not really a thing, but he comes in later in the scene dressed as a Confederate soldier and then starts yeah, singing like Dixie page. again with <laughs> with yeah with uh with Ben yeah. So anyway, the real meat of this situation is one. Uh, Doctor Jacoby's outfit is on point in this scene. Fucking you freaked out when you saw I his outfit. Loved it. Yeah, you were all about it. Uh, he was wearing a t- a tie of with the whole fish. And like the pattern mixing and the suit, I'm really into. Yeah, it. he is looking. 
fly. Like, he gets Twin Peaks Best Dressed listen, Award. Listen, for listen. Listen, not sure. a lot of people can pull that off, and he he's, rocked it. He's doing it. I loved it. Uh, also, Audrey and Jerry are standing there watching, you know, watching the the racism and misogyny go down. Right. Um, and basically, like, Audrey and Jerry have a kind of discussion about business plans and next steps. And Audrey's like, let me make it clear that I am the executor of the state no matter what capacity my father is in. Mm-hmm. So you do what I say. And what I say is we need to fix my motherfucking father. Yes. I'm in charge here. Um, and so she tells Dr. Jacoby, you know, we need to bring him back to the real world, which I'm like, why, why was this not there? If this was the option that we had, that we could just snap our fingers and make Ben Horn better. Right, like it was not a difficult task. Why did we not Question, question, Meredith. Yes, yes. When Uncle Jerry pulled Audrey aside to discuss the state of affairs. Yes. Did it not seem as if he was going to try and make out with her? Oh, God, I Was know. it not the creepiest, most incestuous thing He's you've ever seen in the your worst. life? the worst. I mean, yeah. I mean, I love the existence of Ben and Jerry in the show, but they're the worst. Yeah, they're both terrible. I also, like, I'm. it's so upsetting to me that this whole Confederate racist bullshit, I mean, besides that being upsetting on its own, there could have been so many more juicy plot Right, stories that Ben and Jerry could have been do. doing in this show that I would have rather have seen. You've immobilized than, them as yes, characters. With I would have rather dumb have seen fucking story. Any of this, I would have rather seen them doing anything else than doing this. Like, yeah, ugh. I agree. I agree. It like, was terrible. Not only, again, you could have had him doing any other hobby. It felt like the third season of Roswell, collecting stamps, right? Being a pen pal. Uh, investigating the Lindbergh Merton kidnapping. Becoming the, obsessed with JFK. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, the Zapruder space. film. Just constantly watching the Zapruder. Yeah, he could have been reenacting space moon landings, thinking that that, like, he could have gotten into anything else, and you made him get into the fucking Confederate, like. It literally has nothing to do with the state that he's from. <laughs> nothing to do with the state that he's from. It didn't even exist yet. It, it it couldn't be any more insignificant in American history <laughs> for Civil War. It, oh, uh, yeah. it really, it's also disturbing that his autistic son that we never, ever see as a plot point a sudden, but still exists is there dressed as a Native American as if the Civil War didn't decimate the Native Americans. Yeah. It was, <sighs> it's, uh... Uh, like I said, it, it's a silly plot line that shouldn't exist. Anyway, yeah. Like anywhere. Let's move on from it, anyway, Caleb. Yes. So what do you gotta say? Well, we're getting out of Twin Peaks for a hot second, literally like one second, <laughs> because we're at what? we are at what is it? Hideaway Wally's. Uh-huh. Hideout Wally's. Hideout Wally's. And Mrs. Marsh walks in, and she's carrying a drink and stumbling because she's had a bad day. But guess who walks in? I'm Donna, Mrs. Marsh. I'm Donna. Hey, I'm Donna. I'm Donna. Who are you? Who I'm are you? Donna. I'm Donna. <laughs> right? She comes in, and I, they start talking about like how you can't do this to James because obviously they framed him or whatever. And I, I'm looking at the bar, and like the chairs are up, and I'm like, is it closing time? Is it the morning? Lunch? Did they arrange this? Meeting? Maybe they're just opening up. Like, why are they there when it's not when the bar's not in sesh? You know what I mean? Fine. 
Anyway, so Mrs. March is like speaking cryptically to Donna. Donna's like, you have to deal with the situation. Mrs. March is in the cars, which <laughs> we've learned that James has a big old dick. Yeah. And apparently he's really good at fixing because he sucks at everything else because he's dumb, dumb. Yeah. But anyway, she's just saying all this crazy ass shit. And I was thinking to myself, why is she doing this? Why is she speaking like a philosopher? And then Donna comes in and she goes, you make everything sound pointless and stupid. Higher thing. Yes. Anyway. And then. I, mean, I like I, I said. Right. So them together. Well, I think something magical might be happening. I'm not sure. But I think something <laughs> magical might happen. Or I got excited about it. Are you getting threesome vibes? No. <laughs> no although in this scene and it's not threesome vibes it's just straight up rape vibes her malcolm the supposed he's just like i better get what i want i'm all testosterone <laughs> but doesn't he know that she's donna <laughs> donna's been through a lot this last month of her life Take she's, not ta- she's not taking that shit from you new rapey guy she's okay she's Donna. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Take a number, rapey guy. Do you even know where I'm from? The I'm from Twin Peaks. Do you know how many fucking rapey guys? God damn. Get, in the deli ca- get to the deli counter, you goddamn rapey guy. Yeah. So I'm going to hang on to him for as long as I can. Okay. Oh, wow. That's like a that sounds like a defense, Caitlin. For when he wasn't like trying to rape everybody. You're, uh, I mean, fair enough. I mean, she. Well, until we get. So we have this altercation at hideout, whatever, whatever's. Um, and we go back to, of course, the Twin Peaks Sheriff's Department, where we have a visit from one of the best liars, <laughs> <laughs> Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, otherwise known as what's his name? Is it real? Is there? And he's telling Cooper that the fibers or the hair or something, the evidence that was found on Josie's jacket matches what was found outside Cooper's room when he was shot. So we can assume that she shot him. She's always an Interpol, international wanted criminal. And and Rosencrantz is like, oh my God, I know the person who shot me. Cooper's reaction is like, oh, I hope that's not true because that (laughs) And Rosencrantz and Gilda's turn is like, yeah, you know what? All evidence points to her. I also hope it's not true. I hope it's because not true. Because I don't want Harry to be upset either. None of us and they want both have his a heart moment. to be broken. They're like, let's not tell him right away, okay? We don't want him to know because it really is going to ruin his plans for prom. Like, let's not tell him that his girlfriend's a murderer. Let's just keep us. It's our little secret. It's our For the whole year uh, with the other guy. Let's just keep Yeah, just keep it the same. We want Truman to live in his house. Which Cooper goes to visit the love of his life. In his office, Truman. <laughs> something to pass the time. <laughs> and Cooper comes in, quote, vagrant who was murdered. Um, his name is something Powell. And Cooper sending me a message. Uh, every time he takes a piece off the chessboard, someone is going to die. I'm like, Truman, you didn't think about this weeks ago? But what it, I'm confused. Yeah, but I just share. don't. I don't. Und- I mean. I want to know what this chess maybe having to do with chess. <gasps> My when I see when it's like K five to K one, I'm like battleship. I, I know. I like wish. It, just saying two positions on a chessboard. Like, does it start? Is the game already in a pawn? Like, how do we know? Well, 
Wh- where are the other pieces? All right, maybe it's I just all- decoding or like, you know, co- like cipher codes or something. I don't know. But it's like the implication that all these deaths are also pawn like the theory of a of a chess game but it's like oh now we oh, have this I big i don't know life <laughs> that's what i'm you're wondering. like how do i connect this to a series of murders i'm <laughs> like chess what is it magic <laughs> i mean i i mean i guess maybe chess i don't understand chess magic that much people who win at chess are real game yeah that's actually just close every magic, time i think? play it there's like a new set of rules that i didn't know existed before i understand de- all right let's move on <laughs> we don't want we don't want to go down this brain like this what? brain, this, I'm not, I don't think we're going to upset them at all because we're the idiots here. It's more to handle this. Well, anyway. It's too much. Someone's brain can handle this. Do you know it's, who that someone is? Earl and Cooper can handle it. No. Our chess expert. Oh, well that, yes. Is You're, Peter Chess. Yeah, he knows what's up. Would never have guessed. But I don't cool. know. He seems. Okuna rocking chair every day. Yes, that's exactly, <laughs> yeah. Yes. He's the strategist. Yes. Um. Anyway, so he's playing three games at once, and he makes some comment about some famous chess player in heaven. I don't know. I didn't understand it, so I ignored it. Um. And so since we're at the Ara Diner, uh, uh, broken arm, and she sees Norma, and Norma is there on the floor just cleaning a big old ice cream cone. And Shelly's like, <laughs> like, do you need any help with her? But, like, if you want to come back to work... And Shelly's like, yeah, I think I finally can come back to work. So I'm not to take care <laughs> I'm not of at my house. Yeah. And like, Bobby's kind of, my boyfriend's a piece of shit. So, and then they hug. And it's beautiful. She's like, I'm going to work right now. It's beautiful. It's really great. <laughs> Truman. It's beautiful. Also great. comes to, is also at the R.R. Diner to, for this ride and starts explaining to her in the kitchen that Hank is almost healed from the hospital. And, uh, but Norma's like, I don't want anything to do with that. I'm over Hank. We're like, all get- we're all people lo- losing their their fucking ball and chains in this episode. Yeah, except <laughs> despite <laughs> our murderous nature. Anyway, um, and uh, by the implications of what's in this dialogue, I'm fine with that. Are you gonna miss Hank if we never see him again? Never delivered on his bad on his badness. Yeah, we really were look like, uh, like I really jonesing for him to be bad. Oh yeah, he was well, never the moment really he was bad. looking that through that. Uh, double oh, the three. domino. Domino. Wait, but doesn't Hank have something to do with Josie? Was yeah. that? What's his name's? Uh, Mark. Uh, right. Uh, uh, the pack. Uh, Andrew the Pack. Mar- Whatever. <laughs> Fine. You know what? I'm not going to go into the mind fuck chess game that is. Fi- that, that's that's a that, chess game with no rules. That's what happened. <laughs> um. Anyway, like a fadeaway where we see trees, but there's a moon in the trees, but it's really poorly overlaid on the trees. Uh, Eckhart shows up at the Martell house and Josie answers, not happy that he's there. She's like all freaking out. And apparently Catherine invited him over for dinner. Wine bottle open. Catherine's like, Josie, give me that wine. And she's like, oh, God. Exactly what it anyway, that was great. Then they make some comment about her fingers, and there have been a lot of close ups on the red, nails to this which, if you're scrubbing things to the, within an oh, inch no. of their lives, which I imagine your nails don't look that good. Listen, 
fucking Josie's Tru- not working. Truman is gonna fuck you. Josie, you just look like you can fuck. Like Josie's Truman- not doing any work though. That's also. true. How is she being a decent maid? Uh, she's not. She's getting Pete to do it. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So then they're talking about killing Andrew, I think. Yeah. And he's like, did you kill him for art? And then I'm like, isn't he still alive? Like, and, and Catherine knows he's alive. And then they're like, hands? And give them to this guy to take home? Because that's how this conversation <laughs> seems to be going. <laughs> I don't know. The implications are all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Anyway, 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 anyway. We're back. Of course. And he's all worked up. (laughs) Ready to do this. I'm all mixed up inside. I'm I'm so mad at you. But I'm also, well, apparently, so he like pins her down to the chaise lounge. And Hepburn as Evelyn Mosh. I lured you in and I brought you into my home. And and then, um, which, you know what? Go, you get it, girl. You get that money. Yeah, girl. You know, at this point, whatever. Evelyn, you get Get that that money. money. You You get get that big old dick. You get that Because I don't care about her. (laughs) I don't. And I'm just like, and I don't care about James. And I don't care about her dead husband. And I definitely don't care about her rapey ass fake brother. (laughs) So I'm just like, girl, get your money. You get that poor chess game and you're taking just all the money. That's how you win at chess, right? Yes. Okay, good. You just take all the money. (laughs) Just take all the money. Well, like gives this hour long monologue. And if you, if you have, the energy and the effort. You should go back and rewatch that scene. Because things are hard, and James is like dead inside. Yeah, like the act because he's just like. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and then uh, and then at the end, she's like, "I just wanted how you taste," and he's like, "You taste good too." Like he wasn't listening to any of it. Yeah, uh, I think with a gun. Um, and then James falls, and Malcolm's like, "Listen, we're gonna tell the." And then there's another layover. They love these layovers of Evelyn in a funeral. A lot this episode, too. And I was, like, very confused, but then I saw the layover of the Evelyn in the funeral veil and the whole thing about them talking about knocking. Is James going to fucking die? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I think something. We hear Civil War drums. Dum ba da dum ba da dum ba da dum ba da war. And fucking uh. Audrey's standing there being whatever her name, Scarlett O'Hara. She's yep. in a Southern Belle dress. Horn rolls up on it. The way <laughs> Ben Horn rolls up on his horse and he's like, and she's like, hi, I'm a random father. And she's like, here's my father, Jerry, is actually my uncle, but I'm going to pretend this is a name that matters. <laughs> and then um, Bobby comes out and blows the horn, pours. He's Grant, General Grant. And then uh, Ben Horn as General Matter and men are patriotic and the death of the people and da 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 politicians and I'm just like you're still a racist Confederate general like there's no flowery language that's gonna get you out of this, buddy. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, cool. So then they sit down and they sign first. And as soon as he signs the surrender of the Union to the Confederacy, Ben Horn likely fucked. Right. Or I don't know. Maybe we wouldn't. Who knows how life goes. Um, we certainly think. Oh no! Never. No. No votes. Um, I mean, I mean, do they matter though? <laughs> we were just we waiting. I did for it for the dinner. money. I did it for the money. <laughs> this tells my pretty girl nails that I'm required by law to have. We'd basically be living our our life another period. 
You mean the movie? No, that would be current Unsolicited day. plug for that amazing show. Current day situation. Anyway. And you were in my dream, and you were in my dream, and I dreamed that the Confederacy won. Ha ha, cheers, dancing. Ah, oh, bring up the lights. Bring, <laughs> bring in the flowers. And you're almost murdered by, and you tried to sleep with me, but ah ha, you're back. Yay. Anyway. Well. I just don't don't understand how this was the nuclear option. Like, this was what made him better. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. And why didn't, if this option was available, why didn't they do it earlier? It's so bizarre and ridiculous that it's gotten to be entertaining. Audrey, they're like my favorite part of the show. No, but I just mean the show in general is so fucking now. Like, like, there were parts in the first season that were slow that I was like, oh, my God, I can't deal with this show. But I love watching it because it's so fucking weird. Yeah, it is weird. <sighs> chess game. It's a chess game. It's a li- <laughs> Which is also a paradox to you. It's magic. <laughs> Close-up magic. Okay, okay, okay. We're naming all of the woods. <laughs> Wyndham Earl is putting on, <laughs> putting on a mustache. It's and so he looks weird. like a fucking... Fucking robber baron. Like he's twirling the side of his muscle. Where is the woman with the skirts? Ha ha. Yes. 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 It's a robber baron. It is a classic American trope from Western films. Uh, but Tuesday Bang European. But yes. Yes. Is from it? In it. Yeah. But okay. it's like, I'm pretty sure it takes place in, in, uh, in Europe. Okay. Well, anyway, so he's like... Getting in, I think, to a costume or disguise or something, and then he's yelling at Leo to he can't write things down well. So, and then, but because he can't write anything down correctly, which he deserves. Leo's a terrible person. Yeah, he's definitely like doing some fucking therapy, some, some behavioral therapy. He starts giving Leo creepy kisses on his cheeks. <laughs> he's like, good job, right? We, we always have to have a baby boy on this I show. Know. Okay, it's so creepy. It made me really tiny prune. <laughs> like a shriveled prune. It's no longer useful stuff. <laughs> I'm now asexual thanks to that scene. Anyway, and then of these women will be my queen. And it's a picture of Donna, Shelley, and Audrey. Chess queen? I don't know. I don't understand. <laughs> oh, yeah. Does that make her the chess queen? No, that's those are different things. Aren't they? It's a whole nother layer. For close-up magic, you need cards. And there's other bishops in cards. You don't even know. If chess is magic, and you use cards for close-up magic, then Audrey would be his queen. I can't anymore. I just can't. Back to the Marsh estate. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. We have to go back to the Marsh estate. It's important. Okay, bring me to the Marsh. Okay, something. (laughs) I don't know. So they were there. Donna comes in and she's like, "Don't kill James." <laughs> and Malcolm's like, "Give me the gun, Evelyn." And Evelyn's like, "No." And back, I really, I don't care because I, I don't care. I so know. anyway, but the so she, she shoots Malcolm. Yeah. Basically, Evelyn just they have an altercation and she shoots him, and then she falls down and she starts saying out loud what she's going to tell the cops, and that's it. And that's the end of that scene. So let's move on. Now we're back in Cooper's room at the Great Northern Hotel. It always bothers me. He's he's deputized now. He just lives. He just lives there. But again, who's going to kick you're him out? You're so concerned about this, <laughs> but he's not 
been unemployed for that long. And he's not technically unemployed. He's on it's suspension. It's just one of the things that bothers me. It's just one of the I know many, that, but, many things. But it's so minor that this is the thing that just you can't get over. It's, listen, rooms. people I can know. people like usually can be unemployed for like at least three months. Credit cards. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't have a credit card. That's my life, everybody. You've been on. You were unemployed for a year. Yeah, I don't have a credit card. Why would anyone give an unemployed person a credit card? <laughs> anyway, um, there's like a death mask in his bed, and he it's really creepy. And he takes it off the pillow, and the chest move. Oh, really? Yeah, that happened. Cool. I think we knew that. So, Meredith. (laughs) (laughs) What happened at the... What did Agent Cooper... Oh. Per Um, Rosencrantz. Rosenfeld. Into his calculator. Um, um, um... Tell me about it. Tell me how you can do it. Reminder. Don't tell... I feel like it's really practical. Uh, okay. Yeah. Sure. Secrets from Truman. <laughs> Reminder, keep secrets from my best friend. <laughs> it's the only way he could ever really love. I, be happy. Uh, Meredith, favorite? Mine. It's a classic, as usual. And he came in and he was so happy and mm-hmm. so lovely to mm-hmm. everyone. Mm-hmm. And jo- it was really fun this round, too. I, I, anybody who, like, I don't know, just could be... Um... My favorite minor character was that fucking horse. <laughs> Every time I saw it, I was like, he's getting on and off of that Thank horse. You. Thank you, Ben Horn. Yep. Wonderful. Um, ready? Sweeping proclamation. Uh, my sweeping proclamation is that now that Ben is sane, uh, we're going to care even less. Even more of is a that blip. sweeping? <laughs> yes. Okay. That's my sweeping proclamation. See Ben Horn. Two Fade out of away. the seven episodes left. On again. Ooh. That we never ever see Audrey's brother I ever think again. Um, where, probably accurate. Where in this episode did they jump the oh, shark? Oh God. Oh. Um. Uh. I think we're uh, we finally get an admittance that no one knew that Shelly and Bobby were dating. Yeah, that was that's, <laughs> that's pretty much. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and agree with that. Yeah, that whole the the inter- a waste of time. Hey, Meredith, where's Bob? Oh God, I, I I don't know. Leo seemed very passive in this episode. Yeah, but I feel like I don't know. You don't think Winnebarrel's Bob? I don't think so either. I think I, he could have. He could be like the Mike. Maybe to what to to the Bob before whatever. I think Bob is in uh, Malcolm. Just by the way, Ooh. that weird when she shot him and he was like yelling Ray Wise style. I was in Malcolm. Cool. To which I was like, oh well, now he's dead, so that whole storyline's gone. We did it. We did it. We recapped another episode of Twin Peaks. We made it. You, you t- about some Twin Peaks and and uh 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 uh. <laughs> I really like your Peaks. I'm Donna, and I'm out here to tell you that everyone there. dies and the men. Nobody dies. Men have big dicks, but they're rapey. But they're- hey guys, you should follow us <laughs> on things on all the internet things. Yeah, follow us on Facebook at. 
www.facebook.com slash TWB is at TWBD Podcast. Follow us on Instagram where we have some badass photos. Yeah. Especially for twins. Concerns, queries, any kind of suggestions at uh, TWBD Podcast at gmail.com. And subscribe. Give them ratings. Um, Give us love. Give us... Watch our Facebook Live videos. You know, we, we're out there in the world. Like, every... For the last Facebook Live video we it's did. It's all free. Why are you not taking advantage of this? Yeah, literally. It's Stop. not free for us. What are you doing? Playing chess? Stop. You could listen to this and play chess. You could do both. And I mean, you I don't know how. I have no point of reference. Can you do both of those while you're playing chess? I don't know. I, have you never even seen the Bobby Fisher documentary? No. You should watch it. It's pretty good. Uh, guys, yeah, rate and subscribe to this and have a damn good, fine cup of coffee. Damn good cup guys. of coffee and pie up, pie your, up life. your life. Pie up your life. Pie up your life. Put it in your vagina. Pie, pie. up your life. Your pie is vagina. Pie up your life. Sometimes there's meat in it. Pie. Mince meat pie. Yeah. Vagina euphemism. That's when you put a flaccid dick in your vagina. <laughs>